Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. This is episode one, part two of the girl series. Finally, approaching the steps leading into her great-grandmother's house, the girl slowed her pace, drew in a deep breath, then called out to her Gigi. Grandma, are you home? Before she could take another breath, the response came. Come to the back, the friendly voice of her great-grandmother intoned. For the first time that day, a smile spread across the girl's face. Within seconds, she was hopping from one leg onto the other and back again as she spotted her Gigi. The older woman sat on a piece of rock, just large enough to fit her bottom on comfortably. There was a frying pan perched on top of a fireside. The fireside was built with three similarly sized rocks splayed in the shape of a triangle. Pieces of dry bar brambles burned slowly but steadily beneath the pan. The firewood sparked as the oil simmered in the pot sitting on the rocks. The girl didn't need to see what was in the pan to know that her Gigi was cooking a traditional Grenadian breakfast. The combination of fried bakes, which was basically a mixture of white flour, baking powder, and a pinch of salt mixed into a soft dough and deep fried in chicken fat. This was paired with fish cake, also made with white flour, a pinch of baking powder, shredded bits of salted codfish, fresh spices, all mixed together, then fried in the same fat as it bakes. Then there were the girl's favorite, the cocoa tea. The aroma from the locally grown cocoa, cinnamon, bay leaf, and sweetened condensed milk poured into a nice concoction had the girl's mouth salivating before she even joined the older woman at the back of the wooden structure. The girl loved visiting her Gigi. She loved spending time in the company of the older woman. Her Gigi's house was not much different from the home the girl shared with her mother and siblings. Both houses had only one bedroom, both built from wood, but her Gigi's was covered with shingles on the outside. Neither house had electricity or indoor plumbing, but to the girl, her Gigi's home felt like paradise. In fact, her Gigi's house was a bit smaller than her mother's, but somehow the place felt bigger. There was a ton of empty space, yet every inch of the dwelling felt full of life. Every corner of the four petitions cloaked its occupant with a feeling of warmth. The place welcomed everyone who walked through the doors like the empress of a loving relative. The girl took a seat on the ground a few feet away from her Gigi. No further words were spoken between them. Then Gigi began quietly humming a tune, just above a whisper, while she focused on the cooking in front of her. The girl enjoyed these moments between herself and her Gigi. No words were needed at that moment. As she cast a gaze from her Gigi then back to the house, the girl recalled a story her Gigi had told her many times before. This house, her Gigi's sanctuary, had once saved the lives of many people from their village years earlier. Her Gigi had told her, had it not been for that house, there was no chance that she or any of her siblings would ever existed. It was the year 1955 and the tiny island in the Caribbean, just south of Barbados, would experience the first hurricane that Gigi had ever seen. The girl's Gigi still lived in the same village as she did when the hurricane passed through the island, leaving nothing but devastation in its wake. 
At the time, Gigi and both her children lived in separate houses, each with their own families. But nonetheless, they all lived in the same village. Gigi's only daughter had a young child, a daughter. The child was only four years old at the time, living with her teenage mother in a separate part of the village. During this period, no one in the family, or the village for that matter, owned a radio or television. The news was passed on through word of mouth or through the few that were able to read the newspaper. The villagers had no way of knowing about the monster bearing down on the island. The older heads in the village had a feeling that something was not right, as did Gigi. But with no information, they all were relying on intuition and what Gigi called a feeling in their bones. It had been a beautiful sunny morning, not a cloud in the sky, but there was a strange smell in the atmosphere. The air smelled different as the gentle breeze blew across the village. There was also a feeling of wetness in the atmosphere that was very unusual for such a bright sunny morning. Gigi recalled feeling uneasy, but not knowing for certain what was causing the anxiety. As the evening went on, she took up her usual place outside at the front of her house, sitting on the step as she watched villagers going about their businesses. Living at the top of the hill overlooking the ocean had its perks. Because of the location of her house, Gigi was able to hear the seagulls on the beach below. But that evening, something strange was happening. All was quiet. The seagulls were as quiet as a, ch as a church mouse. For as long as Gigi could remember, the girls had always been as loud as if they owned the town and were making sure no one forgot about it. Gigi thought of this for a moment, but there was nothing she could do about it. Then even though the sun was still high in the sky, a light drizzle began to fall. Then in what seemed like no time at all, a thick black cloud rolled in and covered the sky. Gigi knew then that something was wrong. Heading into the house first, she made sure that her kerosene lamp was full. Then she collected a box of matches, tucked it safely in her pocket. Then Gigi walked around the inside of the house, checking the windows, making sure that they were securely battened down. After making sure that everything was secure on her end, Gigi walked over to her son's home that he shared with his wife and children to warn them that she thought something was amiss. But the time, by the time Gigi left her son's house to go check on her daughter and granddaughter, the rain had started falling in sheets and buckets. The wind had also picked up, causing some of the trees to dance low to the ground as though they were doing the limbo. Loud thunder crackled in the sky as lightning sliced through the air. Gigi could not believe the change that had occurred in only a matter of hours. Outside had gotten so dark, it was almost impossible to see more than a few feet in front of her. Deciding against making the walk up to her daughter's home, Gigi went back to her house and prayed that God would have mercy on her daughter and granddaughter. By then, there was no doubt in Gigi's mind that the island was now being hit by a hurricane. The rain continued to pelt down on her roof. Gigi swore she was able to hear each individual droplet that was how heavy the rain came down. Instead of climbing into bed that night, Gigi sat huddled in one corner of her bedroom, the little house rocking back and forth in the, with the strength of the wind. Gigi felt like she was sitting in a boat on the ocean. 
Sometime later, Gigi had no idea how much time had gone by, but she heard someone outside calling, Mommy, Mommy, open the door, it's me, let us in. Running to the entrance, Gigi flung the door open. At that very moment, a gust of wind appeared out of nowhere and slammed the door shut immediately. Hanging on to the latch once again, Gigi pushed the door open, placing her body against it to hold it open. At that moment, the girl's grandmother fell into the house, her daughter clinging to her side. Gigi shut the door after them, then reached, then reached for the box of matches in her pocket. For the first time that night, Gigi struck a match. Using the dim lighting to guide her way, she carried herself into the little kitchen and lit the lamp, then lifted it from the table and lowered it to the floor. Gigi turned to her daughter, about to ask how she'd managed to walk from home about a mile away with the child, all the way to Gigi's house, but the words died on her lips when she saw the state her daughter, that her daughter was in. Earlier that evening, Gigi's daughter's house had collapsed seconds after she had stepped out the door with her daughter in her arms. As the structure crumbled, a sheet of galvanized had gotten loose in the wreckage. A gust of wind had chosen that moment to tear it to the, through. The wind had lifted the metal and sent it flying in their direction. Narrowly escaping the child, the object had struck Gigi's daughter in the leg, slicing her chin open from just below her knee to a little above her ankle. How the girl had walked to her house while carrying her daughter, no less, Gigi would never know. This was something that Gigi would never understand. To Gigi, this could have only been explained as the work of God. He had been merciful toward her daughter and the child. Gigi used old cloth to bandage her daughter's leg before they all huddled together in a corner while they waited for whatever was to come next. By the following morning, the wind was gone and so was the rain, lightning and thunder. The sun was once again out, bright and beautiful in all its splendor. In fact, had it not been for the destruction surrounding them, there was no sight of a hurricane sweeping through the island that night, the night before. All around them, houses were down, trees had been uprooted and transported to other locations. Many of the structures that had remained standing had no roof. But by the grace of God, Gigi's house had suffered no damage. The little house had sat perched on its wooden pillars, not a single shingle out of place. In the days following the disaster, Gigi opened her, her doors to villagers who had lost their homes. The place was not big, but it was dry and the roof was still in place. No one had not only had people lost their homes and their belongings, but many also had lost their family members. There were a lot of lives lost. The hurricane left everyone on the island hurting. There was a shortage of food for days and weeks. Gigi recalled something that would always remain with her for the rest of her life. The way the villagers shared what little food they had with each other. The way people opened their doors to those who had lost their homes. The people began taking care of each other before the government even had a chance to step in and help. The girl recalled the story word for word, the details never growing dull or losing its impact on her. Before her Gigi could notice the tears brimming her eyes, the girl swiped at her face, then stood up quickly. Her back to her Gigi, she asked, Would you like me to fetch the plates and cups from inside? 
Gigi tilted her head to look up at the girl. Is everything all right? She inquired. Yes, Gigi. I think a piece of dirt just got into my eyes. Gigi ignored the girl's answer. She didn't believe her for a second. But if the child had something on her mind, she would speak when she was ready. Bring only one plate and one cup for yourself. I will eat my share of this when I return home later. It was not lost on the girl that her Gigi had just said when she returned home later. When she fled home earlier that morning, her plans had been to spend the day with her Gigi. Now it looked as though she would be re returning home sooner than expected. Returning outside with a white enamel plate and cup in her hand, the girl extended items to her Gigi. Wordlessly, Gigi took first the cup, filling it almost to the brim with cocoa tea, before reaching for the plate and depositing three of the bakes and two fish cakes onto it. Once the girl was finished with her breakfast, she stood up and entered the house. She knew the rules. As soon as you finish eating a meal in this house, you wash the dishes right away, or the next time there will be no meal to be had. The girl had just finished drying the plate when Gigi entered the house behind her. I need to go down to the clinic to have my blood pressure checked this morning. Would you like to come with me? Would she? Had Gigi lost her mind? What kind of question was that? There was no scenario where the answer to that question would ever be no. Apart from being able to spend more time with Gigi, there was the fact that on, the, on those trips into, into town, Gigi always rewarded the girl with a treat. On their last trip, Gigi had bought her a coconut bun from the lady who sold her goodies while sitting on the side of the bridge in the center of town. Yes, yes, I would love to go with you, the girl answered, excitement bubbling in her voice. Even without the incentive of receiving a special treat, the girl would not turn down a chance to spend less time at home. As Gigi went into the bedroom to get herself ready, the girl walked outside to sit on the step. She waited patiently until she heard Gigi's footstep behind her before sprinting to her springing to her feet. The moment Gigi emerged in the doorway, the girl took off, leading the way. Less than a mile from home, Gigi told the girl that they would be taking the shortcut to the clinic, but on the return trip, they would take the long way into town. The girl knew what taking the long way meant. Yep, she was right. Gigi was taken out, taking her out to treat her after her checkup at the clinic. The trip to the clinic was uneventful. Gigi got the okay from the nurse who had told her that everything was as they should be. The girl and Gigi left the clinic and walked into town as promised. On their way, Gigi stopped to chat with a few of her friends while the girl waited quietly in the background. Eventually, the pair arrived at the bridge and the girl could see the woman sitting on a bench, a huge tray in front of her with all kinds of goodies on display. As they arrived in front of the vendor, Gigi greeted the woman, then turned to the girl. I know you said good morning to the lady. Remembering her manners, the girl stammered out a quick good morning. The vendor lifted her hand in greeting without uttering a word. The girl stood beside Gigi, waiting for her to give her permission to choose a snack from the tray. Long moments went by as Gigi chatted with the woman, both ignoring the girl for the time being. Then between conversations, the woman looked up at the girl and said, take a bag of popcorn. Then to Gigi, she continued, no need to pay for this one. That one is a good kid. Gigi glanced back at the girl. 
just as she was thanking the woman for the treat. She'd better be, Gigi responded. Clutching the bag of popcorn in her arms, the girl and Gigi bid the vendor good day, then took off for the return trip to Gigi's house. Gigi was a woman of few words, and although the girl had a lot she wanted to say, she, for starters, she wanted to know if it was all right with Gigi that she ate some of the snack before they got home. But not knowing how to break the stillness surrounding them just in case the older woman was deep in thought and didn't want to be disturbed. The walk continued with a deafening silence until they were just a little more than halfway to their destination, then a loud boom rattled the airways. Gigi and the girl froze in place. What was that? The girl asked, fear in her eyes. The noise had sounded as though something had just gotten blown up. When no other sound followed, Gigi quickened her steps, motioning the girl to pick up her pace as well. Then there was another boom. This one sounded even louder than the one before. Then the sound, then the sound of a conch shell rang out in the distance. The girl had no idea what was happening. Gigi looked at the girl and the only words out of her mouth was, we need to run for cover. This story is titled, The Girl, part one. A dark-skinned, heavy-set woman in her early 30s stood with her hands rolled into tight fists and resting on her hips. The woman was staring through the open window at the back of her house. It was a bright and beautiful sunny Saturday morning in the secluded village where the woman lived with her family. The entire Caribbean island where the village was located was also known for its lush beauty. Although it was only mid-morning, the sun was already high in the sky, shining hot and bright, scorching every inch of uncovered surface as far as the eyes could see. There was not a single cloud in the sky. In the atmosphere, one could experience the sweetest breeze as it whispered ever so gently, rustling the leaves on the nearby trees, kissing the bare skin of anyone in its path. The birds engaged in a soft rendition of sweet melodies from the branches. The village was cloaked under a peaceful spread of beauty. The sounds of children's laughter could be heard way, way out in the distance. However, looking at the woman's face, it would have been easy to conclude that the beauty surrounding her had no sway on her mood or disposition at that moment. Even though her face showed no emotion, the way her back stood ramrod straight with her head perched high on her shoulders, it was easy to feel the tension radiating out of her body. The woman's stare landed on three out of her four youngest children, where they entertained themselves on a patch of green grass just outside the back of the home. The siblings, ages three to just under seven years old, were occupied in an intense game involving marbles, a tin cup, and some dried leaves. The game was one that they had no doubt made up themselves and was adjusting the rules as they went. All three children, girls, had laser focused on the items in front of them, giving it their full attention. The girls were unaware of the pair of eyes staring in their direction. Even though those eyes were only half focused on them on what they were doing, 
The mother was perhaps checking to make sure that her children had not gotten into any trouble. Since there were no adults outside to act as monitor for whatever, whatever they might be up to. The moments ticked by while the female figure stood unmoving in front of the opened window. The look on her face shifted slightly from emotionless to that of someone deep in, con in concentration. Meanwhile, less than 10 feet from where she stood, another of her children, another daughter, sat huddled in one corner of the small living area. Unbeknownst to the rest of the family, the girl in the corner had been wishing that she could somehow disappear into the hard wooden petition that was pressing into her back as she tried to make herself invisible. Briefly, the girl peeked up at her mother, waiting for the woman to acknowledge her, or perhaps she was simply dreading the moment when her mother would realize that she was in her presence. Luckily though for the girl, her mother moved away from the opening, where only moments earlier she'd appeared to be studying her younger children. The woman made, no, made her way deeper into the dwelling. Even though she had not acknowledged this child, the girl squirmed, burrowing deeper into the corner as the woman's footfall drew closer, then carried her past where the girl huddled over. The youngster gulped in a shaky breath and held it in, waiting for what she was, she was sure would happen once her presence was made known. She knew that there was some form of punishment awaiting her in the not so distant future, even though she could not recall what she had done this time to warrant such. The woman proceeded deeper into the house without borrowing a glance in the girl's direction. The youngster let out the breath she wasn't even aware she had been holding in. Relieved that she was okay, at least for this moment, her mother did not appear to be angry with her, as were often the case. She didn't seem to be the one responsible for her mother's mood this time. But just to be on the safe side, she thought it wise to remain inconspicuous. She murmured on an exhale, Do not call attention to yourself. Knowing that after all, it only took one member of her family having a bad moment in their day for her to be blamed as the cause for their distress. The girl thought it best to escape the house unseen while no one remembered that she was at home that day. Creeping out of the corner, she made her way into the kitchen area, which also served as the dining room on rainy days when they could not have their meals outside, and as a bedroom every night of the week. Sneaking out of the place she sometimes called home, well, when she was not staying with her grandmother or anyone in the village who would take her in for a short period, the youth breathed a sigh of relief. Taking in another deep breath, she took off at a gallop. Heading down the asphalt-covered road, she made her way past the junction in the middle of her village. She already knew her destination. Running, she bypassed the first entrance, which would have taken her down to the river, a place where she would normally seclude herself under the shade of a tree at the water's edge in an effort to find just a few moments of comfort, but not today. Continuing further along, she also bypassed the second and the third entrances, which would have taken her to the home of familiar faces and people she knew from her village. But at that instant, only the thought of being in the company of one person promised safety for at least that day. 
The image of the elderly woman loomed in her psyche as she trekked on. Then finally, arriving at the entrance that she needed, the one furthest to the right of the intersection, the girl turned and dashed down the uneven pavement. A short time later, way off into the horizon, she could just make out the shape of the house of her intended destination, the home of her great-grandmother. With eagerness, she pumped her long bony legs, her bare feet slamming into the hard surface, which she no longer felt since she could not remember ever owning a pair of shoes. The building grew closer with each step she took, and a wide grin overtook her narrow face. Moments later, she breathed deeply, relishing the growing distance that was now separating her from her mother and the rest of her siblings. She had no doubt in her mind that she had just successfully evaded today's punishment. This concludes part one of The Girl.